Close your eyes. Imagine you've run away to sea on a sailing ship. Last midships. Black in the port, blue in on the Tegallant. Port Tegallant, lower wind. Again, main lower topsail. All hands, all hands, stand by the inner port. It's not as outlandish as you might think. As you listen to this, the sail training ship Picton Castle is somewhere in the South Pacific. She's in the middle of a round-the-world voyage. It's her seventh voyage, and it may be her last. Aboard, she has 52 crew and a captain named Fiji. In command is a man named Captain Daniel Morland. Captain Morland may have sailed around the world in tall ships more than any other man in this modern world. He was the one who found the Picton Castle. She's an old minesweeper and a trawler. Back in the 80s, he was looking for a ship that could comfortably be converted into a sail training ship. The Picton Castle, named for a castle in Pembrokeshire in Wales, was languishing somewhere in a port in Europe. What the captain saw was a well-found ship, so he bought the ship, and with a skeleton crew, he motored across the Atlantic to his home port in Lunenburg in Nova Scotia. And since then, she's been earning her living as a sail training ship, taking young people and older people on voyages of discovery. By discovery, I don't mean, you know, exploring parts of the world like Antarctica or up the Amazon, but voyages of self-discovery. Because above anything else, a voyage on a sail training ship like this teaches you not only about sailing, but also about yourself and other people and how to get on with them. There are not many places in the world today where you can run away to sea on an 18th century sailing ship. And many would say, why? Why would you do that? Aaron Gregg, who was the boatswain on the 2015 voyage, and who was sailing on this voyage as the first mate, gives some insight into what it's like to go to sea in an old sailing ship. My name's Aaron Gregg, and I'm the boatswain on board. What is it you do on the Picton Castle? Um, I manage the work days. Um, I coordinate with the chief mate about what kind of deck maintenance we have to do, uh, rig maintenance, and I organize people in that matter, making sure it's done, making sure the rig's in good work. Yeah, I mean, from sunup to sundown, uh, I work every day, uh, 10 hours a day. Um, luckily, I don't have to do evenings, which is nice, unless the, the ship requires it, but the ship always comes first, so there's always maintenance to do. There's always people to manage. The rig we have on board here is uh, 18 years old. Um, she's in excellent condition, um, but with any ships that sail as much as Picton Castle does, she does need around-the-clock maintenance. Um, putting a ship out of the water for anything longer than six months is almost a death sentence. So uh, having just done yard and having done a year and a half in the South Pacific where it was pretty easy and breezy, there's uh, a lot of work to keep up on. But I know when we return in Lunenburg, she'll be better than she's looked in years. Yeah, this is this is it. I guess it seems kind of an obscure job, um, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, I was a trainee on board a ship like this uh, seven years ago. I did university for two years after that, and I realized I was missing something. It doesn't come with a lot of money, but you get a lot of wealth and other means. The travel, the hard work. I find it really rewarding to have a, a long day of work and go to bed exhausted and feel like you've actually accomplished something. You get to test yourself uh, considerably 
in this environment, you have to test yourself with working with different personalities, working against the weather, working in different climates, uh, different countries. And there's new challenges every day. That's that's why I love the job. I, I, I learn something new every day. I think if I stopped learning, I would probably look for something else. I don't see that coming anytime soon, though. Also aboard in 2015 was a Bostonian named John Guerreri, the sailmaker. He's still the sailmaker. There's something about making sails that speaks to him. This is why John likes being aboard the ship. So my name is John Guerreri, and I come from Boston, Massachusetts in the U.S., and I'm a sailmaker on board. Are you a sailmaker in the 21st century? How does that kind of thing happen? Well, you know, it just sort of happens. Um, I came sailing on the ship as a trainee and uh, really enjoyed the time on board and um, looking around trying to find a way to actually do it more on a more regular basis. And um, I enjoyed working with the sailmaker and... Uh, just kind of kind of worked it into that. It is quite a spread of people from all walks of life. What do you think they get out of it? Well, yeah, what people get out of it is usually not what they expect. Uh, most people come on board with different ideas of what they're going to get, and it totally changes their mind um, when they've had it. Um, younger guys tend to be here either for a gap year type experience where they'll never do this again, where, where others that have done it before and want more experience on a ship like this. Uh, and since we go on long passages across oceans, it's a good, good chance to get sea time. People, you know, in their 40s and above are usually just looking for an adventure, something not midlife crisis or, or anything like that, but just something different to do that they've always dreamt of doing, maybe crossing the Indian Ocean or crossing the equator or something like that. Um, and the ones in the middle are always the puzzle because they're either maybe looking for something, um, which not sure what they, that, that they'll, they'll think they'll find it on the ship, but um, yeah, so everyone comes for different, for different reasons, but you got to like being with people and you can't be, a, you know, you're sharing a relatively small space with 40 or 50 other people and uh, it's uh, that can be challenging because it's small you know it's 180 feet it sounds like a lot of space till you put 50 bodies in it all either sleeping or or working or eating all seemingly at the same time um, it can be can be real challenging you know you get that one guy who wants to stay up with the lights on writing in his journal or whatever it happens to be or or watching a movie and forgets to put those headphones in. So, you know, you can make a big deal out of it and just say, eh, oh well. Also aboard in 2015 was a young lad from Bermuda named Dikembe Dio. He had great dreadlocks and a beautiful voice. And maybe he was looking for a career in sail, or maybe at sea. He told me some stories of what it was like being aboard and what he hoped to do and what he might have done. My name's Dikembe Otterbridge Dio. I come from Bermuda. I'm an apprentice on board Picton Castle. So I uh, pretty much get paid in food. I do like rigging, I do sail handling, a little bit of caulking, and different things like that. Well, this is actually my second time on board. I sailed for the first time in 2012. I was on as a trainee then. Now, what do you like about it? Why tall ships? Why not, you know, why not law? Actually, I could have been a lawyer. My uh, 
my great uncle, his, he was a politician and he's very close with lawyers. So that could have been one of my careers. I actually um, went to his office, took pictures and stuff. But I like DC, you know, it's, it's peaceful. It's peaceful out here. Even with so much people on board, you know, you can still find peace. Are you going to make a career of this, sailing tall ships? I don't know yet. I'm really interested in it. I see myself living on the sea. I'm from an island, so I'm close to the sea anyway. So I just thought at first, actually, it would be just good to like learn the water and learn how to sail, just because I'm so close to the water. But um, I don't want to be a captain yet. I would much prefer to stay as a OS and turn into an AB, and so that I can get smarter and know my role better. At sea, I like the sky and you know the sea like at night time like especially the nights where it's so like it's so flat calm that you can see the stars in the water those are my favorite nights I love those the best and then I love like the climbing climbing up the rig and stuff That's Yeah, you're quite brave at that I mean I've seen you go up to the masthead with no problems at all and you're out there in the middle of the night what's it like? At first it was a little bit hectic a little scary but like I got used to it fast and doing it in the middle of the night when there's a big wind blowing and the ship is swaying through 40 degrees, what are you thinking about then? Get done. <laughs> get done. Get up and get done. A writer named Nicole Hardy was also on the ship. She wanted to get away from the solitary life of a writer. This was her experience aboard the Picton Castle. I'm Nicole Hardy. I come from Seattle, Washington in the U.S. and I'm a trainee on the ship. How did you get into this? What made you come to this? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. The, there's a lot of different versions of the story, but the one I keep coming back to is that uh, I'm a writer, and I just spent a year and a half basically cloistered in my house living on coffee and tears. And I, I decided that I needed to have... Um, just a, a physical adventure. I wanted to be out of my head for a little bit. And uh, I was planning a trip around the world and I thought maybe I'd do a scuba diving trip all on my own. And then a friend sent me this and I thought, well, here's a built-in community of people who will obviously be weird and interesting and fascinating. And then I'll be learning something that is difficult and also interesting and fascinating. And then there's uh, also someone making sure I come home at night and someone who knows where I am. So if I'm going to travel around the world, it seems like both dangerous and risky and also safe at the same time. Has the trip provided the adventure you were looking for? Uh, <laughs> it has definitely provided adventure. That's for sure. I don't know if it's the exact one I was looking for. It's impossible to know what to expect when you come to have an experience like this. So, um, yeah, there have been some, you know, days at sea that were rough and there were some monotonous and terrible times crossing the Indian Ocean where we didn't see another ship or, a, you know, you don't hear a plane, you don't see a ship, there's, not, there's nothing out there for weeks on end. And that part of it um, is sort of surreal. And after it's over, it sort of hits you that what an amazing experience that is just to be so isolated because you don't get to have that anywhere. So what's it done to your head then sailing around the world in a basically an 18th century sailing ship? I said ship, not boat. You did. That was good. 
I don't quite know yet. I feel like when people get off the ship, they have all these grand insights about how they've changed or how the ship was good for them. And I'm not sure I'm at that point yet. I'm still trying to just get through the day and be a better sailor today than I was yesterday. Today I tied a Boland without even thinking and we were doing, I mean, I was doing sailor things and I didn't even have to sit and concentrate on what I was doing. Even one of the other trainees was like, hey, you just did that. <laughs> so it's just these tiny little accomplishments and increments of learning that suddenly feel like triumphs because all of it can be really overwhelming. Forward lookout cures all ills and heals all wounds. That repeated moment of being the only person um, on the on the front of the ship and you're under the stars and the Milky Way is laid out in front of you in a way that you cannot even imagine and all you can hear is the sound of the waves kind of crashing against the hull of the ship and it's hypnotic and really incredibly beautiful and the moon will like shine through the sails and it's as romantic as any imagining of it could ever be and those moments exceeded any sort of fantasy I had about sailing the ship and that makes all the toilet cleaning and the dirty fingernails and the cold showers and all of that it makes it worth it so would you recommend this to someone who's looking for adventure or something different in their life it's not for everybody I'm not sure even that it is for me <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time love-hating it, and when I love it, it's magical, and when I hate it, it is the worst experience that I have ever had. But then you go and look out, and everything's fine, you know? And so I will say that um, it's definitely not for everybody, but it is an experience that you can't get anywhere else. So there you have it. The Picton Castle is at sea. Sometime in December, she'll be in Cape Town. She'll be looking for crew. And here is your chance, your one chance, to run away to sea on a 19th century sailing ship. If you want to know more, go to www.picton-castle.com. You've been listening to the Sunday Times Travel Podcast, and I'm Paul Ash. Stay tuned and safe travels. We're heading out to sea We'll drink some rum And have some fun On islands I've but dreamed The water's rough But we are tough The sea shall not defeat we tend the sail in gale and hail, it's but a simple feat. We are the bold, we are the brave, we are men of the sea. We face her wrath and treacherous path, but on our faces glee. I love the sea, she owns my heart Her beauty can't compare 
Whether she's white or still as ice To me she's always fair Our journey now is to an end We've all become good friends I hope to meet you all again But on life it depends And if I meet you not again, please just remember this. To meet you all on board this ship has filled my heart with bliss. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. That's very beautiful.